can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Uh, so Hannah's just finishing off her me goring for lunch. I don't think I've eaten any other food groups except me goring. <laughs> Did you see my Instagram when I tried to add broccolini to my me goring? That was a disaster. No, I didn't, but I would never try that. <laughs> stop trying to make vegetables happen. Like I literally yeah. was just like, stop it. Like you can take the me goring for what they are. Which is just, yeah. Which is nothing nutritious. <laughs> I did actually, like I keep buying vegetables. This is so locked down. I keep buying all yeah. these vegetables and I bought all these fresh vegetables and fruit for like press juicing and it all went off. The soup that I made yeah. went off. The soup that I made went <laughs> off. The beetroot juice that I made went off. Um, all of my, like I chopped up a whole thing of green beans. They went moldy. Aww. Like. Literally the only thing that doesn't, that I use up is sour cream for my nachos. Yeah. My, my beauty chef glow powder because I have a smoothie. The only healthy thing I eat all day is a smoothie. Oh, well, the intention's there. You know, you've bought the ingredients. It's just you need to take the next step to actually yep. ingesting them. No, I'm going to I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> I've done the same thing many times. Uh, so Hannah and I don't really have any dating updates this week. So we're going to do Netflix and streaming services update, <laughs> perhaps, Hannah. What are you watching at the moment? I'm not watching any TV. Really? I like listen to music and I like dance around the house has become a real thing oh, for me. that's nice. Yeah, that's like, I think that's my exercise for the day. Yep. And what else have oh I wrote my man my man manifestation list two nights ago. Yes. And as we as I mentioned, nice. had a dream about someone that I didn't want to have a dream about the next day. Mm. Subconscious is working overtime, I think, with the mm-hmm. yeah, blast from the past. Yeah. Um ex dream. <laughs> Strange things happen to your brain in lockdown. Oh, I think. Seriously. Um what are you watching? I'm currently watching this series called A Million Little Things. It's on Stan. Oh. Um it's quite a, an emotional series, actually. Uh, Millie and Jin from our People and Culture team recommended it. And so I've been watching that. There's, I didn't know that it had so many um, seasons. I thought it was just like a once-off season, but mm-hmm. I think there's like five seasons of it. So I just watched a couple of those episodes a night. Um, and Hattie sits at the dining table making a puzzle and <laughs> we're just like an old retired couple. <laughs> And um, what about Ted Lasso? Because I've heard that's really good. Did you watch that? Yeah, well, he won won an Emmy for that. Uh, I am still watching that. I'm not up to date though. So the thing is like when series are per episode and they come out each week, I've forgotten what happened on the previous week yes. already because yes. I've got such a bad memory. So I have to wait until the whole series is out to try and like make sure that I don't forget the previous episode. Um, so I can't really watch the ones that are weekly, which is why I'm waiting for that um, Nine Perfect Strangers mm. to finish, so that I can just watch the whole series. I know that you've said I can't get into you're it. Not well, huge pa- on it. Pa- we were in a meeting the other day, and someone said, "Oh, it gets good in episode six. and I'm like, "I'm sorry, who waits six episodes for a TV show to get yeah. good? Yeah. Well, I mean, I waited the whole of White Lotus, just going, "What actually Wait, is happening? You didn't <laughs> like White Lotus? 
That no, is- I did. I enjoyed oh. it, but it just I got to the end and I was like, what did I just watch? I loved that show. That, and it also best. gave me a bit of anxiety at times. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How good yeah. was the main guy? Um yeah. the, with the so accent. Good. Oh yeah. That show, White Lotus, that's I, that's the last show that I watched that I was like, that was incredible. But yeah, maybe not okay. for everyone. I just loved it. Maybe because it had I don't yeah. know why. I just really loved it. Um well that's our dating and Netflix updates. We won't do 11 minutes like um, the reviewer asked us, told us that we've yeah, done. we'll keep it keep short Keep it to five. Yeah. Um, what's on today's episode? Now, I'm just going to finish my meagering while you, while you do that. Yes. All right. Uh, hopefully, Matthew can cut out your slurping. Um, so on today's episode, we're talking about uh, we're recapping the Corona Coaster one year on with uh, Dr. Aileen Alligato. We had her on the podcast last year. Uh, then we're talking to Dr. Michelle Squire all about cosmeceutical skincare and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. Amazing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so about a year ago, we spoke to Dr. Aileen Alligato. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist and director at Mindset Consulting in Sydney. And we spoke at that time about the Corona Coaster that we were currently on in Victoria. And I cannot believe that we're doing this all over again a year later. I remember back then we we're like, oh, it's going to be fine in a year. This is going to be a short-term situation, but apparently not. Um, so back then we discussed what we were calling the Corona Coaster, which we were definitely experiencing at the time. But a term which I can relate to that started to surface is languishing. Aileen, can you explain what that means? Yeah, it's um, a term that's used to describe this feeling of stagnation. So we have moved from that acute phase of distress that we were experiencing last year with the fear, with not knowing what's going on. And whilst obviously we're still stressed out and there's still a lot of it that is happening, it's gotten quite more subtle in terms of the threats that we're facing. And it's also more chronic now and much more prolonged. So it's something that we've kind of gotten used to, but there's still a lot of this feeling of, I don't know what's going on and I don't know what's happening in the future. So what that has actually meant is that people are not depressed per se, because they're not hopeless and helpless, but they do have a feeling or a sense of joylessness, aimlessness, that general feeling of blah, and kind of like a feeling of fatigue where they're tired and not motivated, but also not really achieving a lot at Mm. the same time. Yeah, I just Mm. feel like I've lost all interest in like any hobbies as well. (laughs) Like Mm. I don't want to do anything. I I woke up at quarter to nine this morning. I was like, oh, my God, another week. Like it's just the weekend goes so quickly because you're just trying to like clean the house and like do washing and you you don't get that outlet of having – you know, time with your friends or your family or doing things that you really want to do. So it's like all time has just become one long, I don't even know how to explain that. Like it's just all feels the same. Lack of excitement as well. Like there's no excitement or there's no yeah. look, nothing to look forward to. Nothing to look forward to. Yeah. And and Hannah, mm, on that yeah. note about excitement and also what you were saying, Joe, is that, you know, our brain needs different types of stimulation mm. the same way that, you know, in terms of diet, 
we need different types of food. And so when our brain are constantly just subjected to the same thing over and over again, that's actually when it starts to almost shut down or like kind of go in idle mode. And in that idle mode, like I said, you're not like you're getting out of bed, you're not not doing anything. But when we are doing something, things take uh, a lot a lot longer and effortful. Mm. It's almost like a bit of a chore to even do the smallest things. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're experiencing right now. And that's really what languishing is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that I read an article on that term because it made me feel like, oh my God, I'm not the only one that's feeling like that. I thought I was the only person that was feeling like really negative about everything because mm. my housemate's pretty positive. She gets up at like 6am for a run every morning. I'm like, how do you do that? I can barely go for a walk every second day. Something else that we've noticed a lot on social media is I guess there's a lot of negativity um, and hostility. And I guess there's like, seems to be more than usual in terms of like the, um, fighting on Instagram that's been going on. Why do you think emotions are so heightened around, I guess, the topic of um, lockdowns and vaccinations, particularly on social platforms? Mm-hmm. Well, look, I mean, this we have to put a bit of context on this, that most people have gone through extended periods of lockdown. And as we've said before, this is not something that's just happened a few months ago. We've really been going through this for the last 18 months and, you know, their future still looks like it could be happening for a lot longer. So the chronic nature of the pandemic means that we're operating constantly at that heightened baseline arousal. Everyone's a little bit touchy and not coping and stressed. And that means that even the smallest um, things that generally won't bother us, like differences in opinions can Mm. start to really affect us and we can then project that negativity that we feel about our life and the world and the frustrations that we feel onto other people and that's an easy target right when we see it and then there's Mm. definitely a clear divide that that's actually what I feel people end up engaging in and it's it's also if you think about what I was talking about before languishing and like not feeling like anything is kind of worth doing anything and then here you are feeling a surge of emotion very strongly towards something it can become addictive you know it's like a form of engagement you feel you feel quite energized quite engaged with something Mm. even though it's negative it feels sometimes a bit like an outlet for all of this that's happening around us do you think that um so for me like I like I guess there'd be different responses to it. I guess there's people that are like weighing in to all the various, yeah, I guess polarizing topics online at the moment. But like for me, I see it and I'm like, I I bury my head in the sand. I'm like, I can't be like, I have to like take a step back because Mm. I find it like overwhelming. And I just find like like the anger that's like out there is like hard to, kind of hard to just see on a daily basis. And you get, yeah, that's sort of how I feel about it. Do you think there's like a difference in how people are reacting to, I guess, the constant negativity that they're facing? Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, the problem with social media as well is that we only really see uh, a snapshot of that person's opinion, the time at which they wrote it, and not really the context that it's Mm. happening for them or, you know, we don't really engage in meaningful conversations about that opinion, you know, compared to if we were to see them face to face, you know, we'd be able to ask 
you know, why is that that you think that way? You know, what are what are your concerns? What other information do you need to to be more convinced that this is okay and so on and so forth? So none of those meaningful conversations are happening. It's happening at this kind of very high level snapshot, very stressed out context that people kind of just elicits a strong reaction very very quickly and everyone's in that fight or flight Mm -hmm. mode as well Mm, yeah fight or flight yeah yeah hannah it has been really um negative and sometimes it's just exhausting like you're not in the mood for drama you're like oh not today (laughs) yeah yeah i mean Um, sometimes i'm in the mood for drama and i'm like oh yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so Aileen, given that this seems it could go on for a lot longer, what tips do you have for those of us like me who are feeling just completely unmotivated and exhausted? Well, um, just following on from what we were speaking about, my first tip is to try and limit your social media or watching the news um, just mm-hmm. for your mental health, just to reduce a little bit of that, that negativity and negative energy that you don't want to be feeding because it's it's around us, people are stressed, we're stressed, and so trying to do digital detox. So that's my first tip. And the second tip I have is to kind of, I guess, run your own race, you know, trying to find a routine that works for you, not what the best um, routines that influencers have put forward because it's amazing <laughs> and it works for them, but something mm. that actually you have found that helps you improve your mood, even, you know, just a small thing that you can do every day one step at a time. So finding what that is, so creating a routine which might have something to do with the time you wake up to, you know, having kind of a well-balanced diet, exercise, connecting with some friends and and having really balanced downtime versus working if you are still working from home because, you know, that's kind of getting harder and harder as the time goes on. Mm -hmm. And the last tip that I do have is, you know, this idea of radical acceptance, which is a a term that we use in in psychology to say, focus on on the things that you can change because the things that you cannot change, fighting those battles are only really going to end in tears. Mm -hmm. And so accepting them, not because you're happy with it, not because, you know, you want it to be like that or you're not giving up. It's just saying this is the way that it is at this moment and I don't have control over that but what do I have control over and trying to focus and put your attention into those things very much so like gratitude lists gratitude exercise things that are working for you things that you're grateful for mm-hmm. can I ask actually because this is so funny um I've actually been really good at the moment like given it's like a lockdown I'm actually feeling pretty good and I've been Hannah all- we've done like back I know totally but I <laughs> can I tell you what you said is like true because I've I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like this is life and like this is this might be for a long a lot longer and so I've Mm. actually been doing a lot of self-help books like I read a lot of self-help books and I spend like time like on that on those parts of my life that like I want to improve I don't know that's like been helping me Joe. maybe I need to like Mm. give you some of my self-help books I just feel like I don't have time to read though because I'm either working or then I'm studying and then I just want to watch like a tv show that's like my unwind but I love that you said about like not following an influencer's routine because I've had to hide people on Instagram 
that yeah. have been like, I get up at 6 a.m. and then I move my body and then I have a smoothie. And I'm like, I get up at quarter to nine, I have a bowl of Cocoa Pops and then I sit at my desk. Like, Let's just be realistic. I love that. That is so good. Let's keep it real. I just can't deal with that kind of like uh, good for them. I mean, like well done that they've got that much motivation. But I think in reality, like probably 80% of us are just not in that headspace at the moment. So So mine is more like I think instead of watching a TV show now, I put a self-help like book in my ears. Like I and I just like. Okay, you listen to audio books. So I do an audio book and then Uh. I walk either I walk the tan or I clean the house and I like okay and and I don't know there's like and then I've like been you know like I've been doing kind of particularly like with like as you said the gratitude list and like all those sorts of activities that are about yeah, yeah. so Joe maybe I can maybe you need an audio book that you can yeah, add that into your routine. Yeah please recommend an audio book for me because I think I, I need it. <laughs> Mine are probably a bit woo-woo for you but I'll try to find one that's okay. like relevant. <laughs> Um, Eileen, so more than a year on, what are some of the most effective ways you've seen clients dealing with COVID-related stress? So I was going to say, well, you're ahead of that now, Hannah, because you've just said you've done all of the um, (laughs) things well. So, you know, keeping, keeping to your routine, gratitude exercises, but doing really positive things like keeping your um, brain stimulated so it doesn't get into that languishing state. So trying to learn a new skill or um, when I say that, like it doesn't have to be like a language or anything. It can just be a little project Mm. that would be helpful around the home, like pot plants and and even decluttering cooking. your home and just having cooking yeah learning a new recipe um so so things like that actually really change the way that we are able to stimulate different parts of the brain and then stops us from going into that blah feeling uh, mm. also making sure that you stay connected that is very important um and i know we've all got kind of zoom fatigue but even if it's a phone call because you can't handle another Zoom, please mm. just don't um, stop connecting with people, especially if you're doing it all day with work. It's still very different when you're actually connecting with a friend or for personal reasons. So mm-hmm. that will be my that will be my top tip. And meditation that is mm. actually one of the big buzzwords of the moment, but um, rightly so because it's it's something that. I guess in our minds at the moment, there's so many things going on. Meditation is a way of keeping us still and calm in a moment when there's lots of negativity, there's a lot of worries, there's a lot of what ifs. And it's it's just one tool that if you can have the time to meditate, even if it's 10 minutes, five minutes a day, mm-hmm. it's going to pay you in dividends later on. Can I ask, I can't, I don't meditate. I'll just be honest with you. I hate it. Um, but I do puzzles. <laughs> That's my meditation because it keeps me off my phone, keeps my hand busy. And then it's like using the right and the left side of my brain and it calms the hell out of me. Yes. Well, I would say that that is meditation when it has this like feeling of flow, yes. the same way that, you know, runners would talk talk about how it feels like they get into a trance like a meditative state that really is what we want you know when your brain 
essentially just gets a break. I mean, I do mm-hmm. watch like a crime TV series in the background, but like that's just background noise. <laughs> that's calming, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, very calming. Well, yeah, I've been watching, I watch The Blacklist and then I do a puzzle. Like you just, you got to find what works for you because sometimes people say, just meditate. And I'm like, I can't. Like it's just, mm. it makes me stressed out. So yeah, that's a good one for people that are having trouble with meditation. And for anyone that is having trouble with meditation or like doesn't know how to, Aileen, you've got a virtual micro retreat called Meditation Mindset, which you're doing soon. Can you tell us a little bit more about that for anyone who might need it? Yeah, look, I'm starting, my my private practice is starting. There's virtual online meditation classes. It's an hour, one uh, one Tuesday, the Tuesdays every week, starting from the 21st, which is next week. And it's a slightly different meditation than, than usual. It's kind of what Hannah was saying. It's if you've got a busy mind, it's very hard to just sit there and breathe in silence. Mm. It's just very difficult to do. So this type of meditation is that breathe, it uses breathing. So it has the traditional elements of meditation, but it's guided. So it does have some elements of it that you are able to stay focused and 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 have something in your mind but nothing stressful and then also we have an award-winning singer-songwriter and a meditation teacher Nadav Khan who is also a sound healer so Mm. you will be treated to a sound bath like a um and a concert of some sorts for calming your mind Mm. and to engage deep restorative states. It's really wonderful. If you haven't actually done any form of sound healing before, I highly recommend it. That sounds amazing. Uh, we'll put the link to that in our episode notes because I actually might be keen to come to that. <laughs> I think I think Joe of all the people, like it's so weird how we've swapped, but you sound like you yeah. need a bit of sound therapy. I like I that. I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need a lot of different kind of therapy right now. <laughs> traditional therapy sound therapy (laughs) puzzle puzzle therapy (laughs) thank you so much for joining us again you can find dr aileen alligato at mindset consulting in sydney and we'll pop a link in uh, so you can find her on instagram and uh, find more information about the meditation mindset classes that she'll be running thank you so much for having me good to see you both Uh, So we've got a repeat guest joining us today, Dr. Michelle Squire. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Hi, Joe. Hi, Hannah. We're very pleased to have you back. You've just said that we've uh, thrown all the difficult questions at you today. So looking forward to seeing how you manage these. So let's start off with all of the unregulated terms in the beauty industry, specifically in skincare. We know that green, clean, natural, organic, they don't really mean anything, but technically neither does cosmeceutical, which we talk about all the time. Correct. Can you explain to us what kind of product would be considered a cosmeceutical and any more information you have around that like regulatory stuff? This is actually probably the hardest question I ever get asked because the the regulatory thing is a complete nightmare Mm -hmm. and where this term cosmeceutical actually came from. So it was uh, it was a term that was developed back in the 1980s by a very esteemed dermatologist who you've probably heard of, Dr. Albert Kligman. So he's the dude that did all of the research behind tretinoin for acne and anti-aging. So prescription retinoids, he's, he's your man. He developed this term back in the 1980s and the term is a kind of um, mashup between a cosmetic and a pharmaceutical. So that's where the term cosmeceutical comes from. 
around this time, the whole field of kind of cosmetics and skincare and dermatology was really starting to take off and investigate skin biology. And so there was this great realization that basically anything you apply to skin changes the skin at a really superficial level. So we're not talking about drugs here, we're talking about cosmetics. So even water changes the skin's biology. And around about this same time, somebody who you will know by the name of Sheldon Pennell, he was the scientist who was working on the vitamin C work that eventually became the basis of the SkinCeutical C Ferulic product. And then there was another group, quite famous group, that were working on researching alpha hydroxy acids, so glycolic acid in particular. So this research effort really triggered a huge switch within the beauty industry, and it was mainly in terms of marketing. And the the industry went from marketing um, things like safety claims, so hypoallergenic, non-comedogenic, they were things that you heard a lot in terms of beauty marketing, but they started to move towards marketing product efficacy. So when Kligman kind of coined this term cosmeceuticals, the kind of research that we now take for granted in the beauty industry was really at its entry level. And what people knew about cosmetics was they were lipsticks and drugs were drugs and there was nothing in between. But there was this realisation that obviously there is something in between. And so um, when he coined that term, he was really speculating, Kligman was really speculating that in the future we would have a regulatory term for these things that existed in this borderline kind of grey area in between a kind of drug and a cosmetic. And this was this kind of mashup of the two. And at the time, there was actually a huge outcry from the beauty industry because what he was suggesting was that basically if if we had this regulatory in the middle of kind of cosmetics and drugs, that in actual fact, the beauty industry would have to do a lot more research than they were already doing and that that would eat into some of their profit margins and make things just more difficult to bring to market. Mm -hmm. So what's happened over time is that that regulatory intermediate level between cosmetics and drugs, being cosmeceuticals, has never actually been made official. So we still only have two levels of official legal regulation if it's either a cosmetic or it's a drug. There's nothing Mm -hmm. in between, which is why the term doesn't mean anything because when you've got something like that that has no official um, definition by law, it becomes a bit of a marketing wild west. Mm. And so people can kind of leap in there and make all kinds of grand claims about what things can and can't do. Is there a way that you, like when you're looking at your skincare products and you're wondering whether, you know, is this going to be, you know, more effective or less effective than something um, with no active ingredients, say, how would you kind of, is the, do you look at the kind of research that that company is doing? Because I feel like you're saying like, there's no way of knowing. No, there actually is no way of knowing. It really is a case of buyer beware. There actually is no way of knowing. Obviously, you're, you're trying, when you're choosing a cosmetic, you're choosing, or, or a cosmeceutical, you're choosing something to make some change in your skin. So really, all you need to be looking for is what are the things that I want to change in my skin? Does this contain the types of things that will do that? And you have to do your own research on that type of stuff. Or you need to mm-hmm. engage on social media or something, or even by email with the manufacturer and say, can you talk to me about the percentage of actives in your product? And can you show me some research that these actually work? But it, mm. it totally is, it, there's just a huge difference between what a topical cosmetic can claim it does 
and what it actually does. And if anyone's feeling a little bit confused and Sorry. like, oh my God, yeah, we're going to have to right. go and like read the back of all my products. We do have a category on Adore Beauty for cosmeceutical brands that we we feel would fit under yeah. that category or like make sense to sit under that category. So if you feel confused and like you may have just, you know, thrown your money down the drain, go and have a look at that category because all those brands are in there. But but as always, it's a case of what do I, what am I looking for this particular product to do what what is the issue Mm. that I that I have with my skin what am I looking for this product to do and then will what I see in that product or what I know from the manufacturer will it actually match up with with what it is so Mm -hmm. um something that's Something that's very important to the integrity and efficacy of skincare product is its stability and delivery system. Can you talk to us a bit about those factors? Um, okay, like all the hard questions, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so cosmetic products need to last a long time on the shelf. So most of them have to last three years unopened. And then after you open most products, usually the period after opening says that they last for a year. So, you know, there's obviously variations on that. So products need to look and perform and smell the same for that entire period of use, um, both before you even get the product and then after you open the product. And that's really important because what you don't want to be doing is rubbing a whole lot of bacteria and fungi all over your face. You also Mm -hmm. don't want to be paying big money for something that, you know, degrades seconds after you open it. So stability systems are something that, the cosmetic industry puts a lot of effort into and they can be things like just the packaging so airless and um, light proof packaging that can be preservative systems they can be added antioxidants so something like um, the c ferulic for example the, the skinceuticals product it has added vitamin c and added ferulic acid um, which is the thing that makes it smell a bit funky but actually you want to be on the lookout for that because those two things actually preserve the ingredient that being the L-ascorbic mm. acid, the vitamin C. So you actually want that funky smell to get all the, the great effects over time. So they're designed to keep that product fresh and to keep whatever that active ingredient is that you're looking to put on your skin active for the entire time that the product is open. Mm-hmm. And yep. can the um, delivery systems in some of those more active skincare products impact how those ingredients can affect the skin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's there's a lot of work that's been done in this field. Um, and a lot of the work has actually come from the medical field and now being applied mm-hmm. to cosmetics. So there's things like, um, you know, nanoscale ingredients. So for example, zinc sunscreens with nano zinc sunscreens, so they're nice and wearable and, and transparent. You know, a really good example is those micro dart patches where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can deliver things past the skin barrier. Mm-hmm. So there's yes, there's a lot of work in terms of delivery systems that can kind of help things get past that skin barrier to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that it needs to be expensive though. That shouldn't add to cost. Well, speaking of cost, let's talk prices. Um, <laughs> so that tends to be what sets these, you know, cosmeceutical, I guess, serums apart from what you'd buy at a pharmacy, for example. So what are your thoughts on the pricing of these brands and why are they so expensive and can you get more affordable options or are you paying for something in particular? Look, I think you know how I'm going to answer this already. (laughs) I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, no, you don't have to spend a fortune to get effective, active cosmetic skincare. There's some excellent cosmetics that don't come in at a big price point that are actually as effective 
if not more effective than some of the higher price counterparts. So things like AHAs mm -hmm. are a great example. BHAs, hyaluronic acid is a classic example because we all know that place where you can buy a $500 hyaluronic acid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, you, you can get very sophisticated delivery systems, very sophisticated stability systems at not a big price point. Can I ask on the price, but why do I love SkinCeutical so much? Like I actually just love it. I've tried a lot of vitamin C's and it's, I can't, like I just love it. Yeah, it has no peer. That's why. Mm. It's just, it's perfectly stabilised. Um, it's designed to deliver into the skin. It's, yeah, it has no peer. Mm -hmm. It's the classic example. It's, it, you know, I always talk about you don't need to spend a lot of money to get great skincare. And then I say, except <laughs> C-Ferulic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just worth it. We mentioned the clean, green, organic terms earlier. How would a cosmeceutical serum differ to, say, an organic serum? Yeah, so organic is just another one of those terms. It's another, it's another one of those kind of, it's meant to be certified. You know, you're meant to have some kind of certification process. But in reality, uh, that's a kind of, you know, that's at the discretion of the person bringing the product to market, whether they actually comply with the regulations that exist so, you know, organic is really much like the term cosmeceutical. It doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything. So again, mm. it's, you know, that's, that comes down to personal preference. If that's, and also buyer beware, if you, you need to be asking questions, I think manufacturers are getting better. I think because consumers are getting much more demanding and much more educated about their choices and they're, they're holding manufacturers to account and asking, you know, emailing and messaging on social media and asking these types of questions. Show us your mm. organic certification. They go and have a look at the certifier mm. and see, well, if I pay this person $50,000, they'll certify my water out of the hose in the backyard. You know, so it's, yeah. <laughs> I like what you said about personal preference because I love my SkinCeutical C um, serum, but then like I love Cora Organics as well, which is sort of certified organic. And I think, yeah, it's just like what you like for your skin and what you feel. Yeah. And if you were like vegan, if you want vegan, if you want gluten-free, if you want all of those things, that's, that has meaning to you as a person mm. and beauty and skincare is something that, you know, you, there should be personal preference in all of this. It's meant to be an enjoyable experience applying your skincare routine. Mm. You know, there's those routines and rituals that are meant to be self-caring and you know it's meant to be a lovely experience so you know there's there's a lot of room for personal preference in all of this um and you know I'm inherently a suspicious person just because I see so much stuff <laughs> that goes on and so many consumers <laughs> getting the raw end of the stick so you know I come from that place but mm. equally there's a lot of manufacturers doing the right thing you know really backing up their products with good clinical research and I guess it's up to the consumer to then ask those questions and make sure that mm. the ones who are just making crap up <laughs> to, mm. you know, hold them accountable and, and ask those questions. And I see a lot of those brands using in their marketing terms, like, you know, free from all the nasties or like non-toxic. And I find that really frustrating because I think it positions, you know, skincare that isn't marketed as organic as yeah. being like evil. What yeah. are your thoughts around that? Oh, look, don't even get me started on clean beauty. It's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a whole podcast in itself. Yes. The whole, the whole, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I can't believe it's got this much traction. It's just ridiculous. But yeah. anyway, look, you know, it's, um, the, I think, I think the take home message here, really, it comes down to, again, this is the thing I want for my, this is the thing that's going on with my skin. This is the thing I want to apply to my skin because I think it's going to fix it. 
what evidence do I have as a consumer that that's going to happen? Mm. What do you think the biggest mistakes consumers make when they're exploring more active skincare ranges? Yeah, just using too much. Yeah. That's it. They're just <laughs> going too, too hard too early. <laughs> right, right. Look, you know, the, the thing <sighs> is, and they wreck their skin in the process. That old skin barrier takes an absolute yeah. beating and then... Um, yeah, it's, and then they can't use anything except water. Mm-hmm. And um, are there any brands in this space that you personally use and love or any particular products that really stand out from the pack? I know you mentioned CE for all yes. of vitamin C. Yes, yes, quite a few, in fact. So we obviously part of part of our business at Curate MediSkin is offering skincare advice to consumers to support their um, treatment products. So we're this is why we're so across skincare products because we play with them, we see them, we talk to people about them day in, day out. So um, Ciferulic obviously is a big one. Um, the SkinCeutical Glycolic 10 is a personal favourite mm-hmm. of mine for a nice mm-hmm. once a week glow situation. Um, I'm also a big fan of um, um, the La Roche-Posay Dermalago Serum. Love that stuff. Love the oh, I love that too. Soothing, beautiful, especially if you've trashed your skin it's it's a lovely one (laughs) i do like a lot of those cosrx you know the lovely hydrating layering type of things if Mm -hmm. people want to layer you can't go wrong with those um alpha h vitamin b serum there's so many good products it's funny because when you i don't know if you guys agree with this but like working in this industry i've obviously tried a lot of products and i kind of instantly know when I start using a new product, I'm like, oh, I love it already. Yes. Like you yes. just get such a feel for all the products. Yes. Like I just instantly know. I'm like, oh, my God, I love it. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. not every product in every brand is fantastic. Mm. And also not every brand or every product in every brand is suitable for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, lots of truth bombs there. We definitely oh, appreciate sorry, you joining us, Michelle. <laughs> no, I love we it. We love I the love honesty. It. We very much we appreciate it. We didn't talk it. about flushing toilets and micro, microbial pollutants. I have never <laughs> forgotten that, Michelle. Like I, that will never leave my brain. I know that it won't. I, yeah, don't leave your toothbrush on the bathroom bench. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in getting into more active skincare or you're already uh, experimenting in the cosmeceutical realm, we have our 15% off active skincare sales starting tomorrow. I believe that's the 28th. So um, head on to site, set a reminder on your phone and you can shop Uh, Hannah and I's favorite brands. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Product we didn't know we needed. I got a video from one of my friends this morning and I gave her one of these masks to try because she was saying, um, like when I saw her, she was like, oh, my skin's been really dry. I don't know what to do. So I brought her one of these masks and this is what she sent me this morning after using it last night. Look at this glowy skin like what is this but this skin oh my god uh so she really really loved it i also really i had it on um on our stories when i did them the other day for what what was on the podcast and it just i feel like it neutralizes any kind of dullness redness any kind of thing that you wouldn't want on your skin, it just kind of pulls that away. Um, so it's the Aspect Intense Hydration Sheet Mask. There's five in a pack. I want to say it's not on site yet, like as we record this, but it will be. I'm pretty sure it's 60 bucks for mm-hmm. the pack of five. So it's not not cheap. I mean, I use Power Foil, Estee Lauder Power Foil. I was like. True that. <laughs> True. Um, so 
They're not, I mean, it's not the most affordable sheet masks. It's not like a $4 one from Kmart, but still it's, it definitely does do a lot. Mm-hmm. I notice as soon as I take it off that my skin just looks very renewed. So there's a vitamin complex in there with vitamins B and E. There's uh, copper PCA, which helps to calm, soothe and refine. It's got brown algae extract, um, which is rich in vitamins and amino acids and antioxidants and your sodium hyaluronate, um, which is your form of hyaluronic acid. So that helps to um, hydrate the skin, but also make it look smoother and plumper as soon as you take the mask off. Um, and lots of other stuff too. So you can use it literally anytime. I like to use it like before I go to bed and then I just put my other serums or a moisturizer over the top and I just rub the rest of the serum in. There's so much serum, like you will you will literally have too much. If you've got someone else at home, just rub the rest of the serum on their face because there's heaps in each sachet. What's your product today? So I am choosing the IGK Thirsty Girl Coconut Milk Leaving Conditioner. It is Ooh. it is a spray. It's a coconut milk leaving conditioner spray. This one was very popular on Instagram. It's amazing. So the other day, my hair is just getting worse and worse as lockdown continues on because it's I just... desperately need a haircut. I cannot tell you how badly I need a haircut. I need it all. Um, basically, I can't even look at it anymore. Yeah. I, I haven't booked in yet. I think I need to book in for when we open up, like as soon as. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this will hydrate severely. It says it's like hydrating for really, really dry hair, which I have at the moment. And the other day, oh, and it's got patented hyaluronic acid technology, if you can believe it. Like okay. this is our skincare and our hair care. Like I'm obsessed. Um, yeah, they're colliding. They're colliding. And basically you're meant to use it on towel-dried hair, applying sections, comb okay. through, style as usual. I, my hair was looking really dry and like, I just needed like, it just need, it just felt like it needed like a, you know, when your skin's really dry and you just need like a sheet mask. Mm-hmm. It's so I actually yeah. did a light spray over my hair and it completely like fixed it. But obviously that's really? not how you use it. Um, yeah. But that's, you're not meant to use it on dry hair, but obviously it still works. That That's a good product, it de- isn't it? It definitely still works. I really loved it. It, really really works it looks like it's currently sold out <laughs> why do I always have to choose the products that are so popular um put, you can put your, you can put your email address and get notified when it's back in stock awesome I accidentally um didn't have my age on hinge as like um this is beauty related by the way not just dating um yeah so I didn't have my age restriction on like deal breaker and so like this 20 year old this 20 year old guy like commented I think you probably saw it on my Instagram (laughs) he said like nothing nothing about you looks 32 with the like you know the thirsty emoji yeah (laughs) and I didn't respond but I wanted to um and I wanted to say I know you're 20 and it may feel like 30 is the end of your life but yeah 30 is young and vibrant and we don't look like old like we get we're still hot like just yeah like you like it's just so interesting like that was meant to be a compliment but I did not yeah. take it as a compliment it, that was a backhanded compliment <laughs> it was like anything. I can't believe you're 32 um 32 is young and I'm just like sick of this like 30 is not old 30 is young and yeah. I think we need to change our mindset to like look at JLo 100% but also like you're I think in your 30s you're like you know yourself 
better and like you've yeah. learned a lot and you probably I mean me I'm probably emotionally more stable and like <laughs> less yes. moody and are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's up for debate Linda would probably say no well she'd probably say yeah you're better and and you look great and like I just think your 30s is the start of the best time of your life so well I had a realization in the car the other day I was driving and I thought oh, I'm going to be able to go to those over 30 clubs soon. Like remember how those used to be advertised? And then I thought, oh, my God, it wasn't over 30s. It was over 28s. I was like, I could be going to an over 28s club. And I remember hearing those ads on the radio when I was 18 and being like, oh, that's like where like old people would go. And now Exactly. Now I could get in. But 30, <laughs> this is the thing that when you're in your 20s, you think 30 is old. But when you're in yeah. your 30s, you're like, oh, my God, my life is just getting so good. And it's, I know. it's just getting started. Amazing. Well, oh, Joe, you've been, you've you've got a request. Someone said that they look forward to you saying "see ya" every <laughs> episode. No, her message specifically said, "I sound bored as f- yeah." <laughs> so, do what do you do? You're like, oh well, okay. So, I don't even know what I do. I think you she say, like, I think you say, oh well, well, uh, that's it for this week. Then see ya, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.